very strongly in my heart to talk about the patience of God. Very, very strongly. And I want to begin by asking, can you think of a time when you were in a situation where you were learning something and you had a teacher, an instructor, someone on the job, a parent, a relative, any situation where you were learning something and they were training you and teaching you, that they exhibited great impatience with you. I know that I can. I can relate to that. And I can remember times where that impatience really hurt, especially when it came from someone that I looked up to or relied on. I can remember times in school when I struggled to grasp a particular topic, honors chemistry. It's rough. I remember I, I needed special time. I needed that one-on-one -on -one personal time with the instructor. I can remember being frustrated with myself because I wasn't getting it fast enough. What made the situation so much worse was when the instructor grew impatient with me. And I want us to remember that they grew impatient because they had to spend a little bit more time than what they may have been expecting or willing to do. I've even noticed this on the job, working past jobs. You know, you start a new job, things are new. You haven't gotten the big picture yet of how things are done day to day. Like any new job, there are going to be things that click right away for you, right away. And then there are going to be some things that you just need a little more time with, and you need more time to, to learn it so that it becomes second nature to you. And then you just do it like that. I can remember many times when I've worked with people who didn't have any interest in training, didn't have any interest in teaching. They were just there just to do the job. They had no interest in relaying the information at all. There was no room for questions, no freedom to make mistakes. Needless to say, a learning environment like that can be very stressful. And the optimal learning environment is one where you know you have the freedom to make mistakes. Learn from those mistakes. Correct those mistakes and make the changes for the future. I say all this because I want us to understand something very important about earthly teachers. When someone is conveying information to you and when they grow impatient because you're not getting it, that's a reflection on them and not on you. It stems from their own lack of passion for the topic because when someone is truly passionate and values what they're teaching and considers it of great, great value to impart to you, to the learner, no amount of time, effort, blood, sweat, tears will keep them down from teaching you. Now, before we move on, I want to talk about, personally, some amazing teachers that I've had in my life. One in particular I can think of my dad. In my past, when I was younger, I really struggled with this debilitating fear. I mean, the, the fears got so irrational that I was afraid the ceiling would fall on me or I would be afraid of some of the most bizarre things. And my dad would just be incredibly patient, continually reciting the word over and over, over and over. 20th time it would set in, sometimes the 30th, sometimes the 40th. But when it did, I had an aha moment. And I thought in my heart, 
wow, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? There is nothing to be afraid of. And it just really impressed upon me the, the patience that my dad exhibited. Another uh, teacher that I've had is a, a drum instructor. Um, I had a drum instructor who, you know, when I first started out in drums, I, I did not have any coordination whatsoever. I, I could tap on the, ta the kitchen table. You know, I had, I could do all that, but as far as the actual coordination and doing just a basic drum beat, I just was not able to do. And I just remember my drum instructor would just sit there and do the same drum beat over and over again with me, over and over again. And as soon as I would get it, he would just light up. He would just be absolutely excited and say, yeah, nice, you got it. And we would just keep at it, keep at it. Now, I want you to picture the best teacher that you've ever had, okay? I want you to take a moment and just picture the best teacher that you've ever had. Could be an academic teacher, someone in your family, anybody. What were some of their qualities? They were probably very patient with you. And they were probably long-suffering, spent extra time with you, went, in went even above and beyond the call. They probably even went so far as to rejoice with you when you finally got it. They probably celebrated your success with rewards, recognition of a job well done. Listen to this. They were more than likely eager to see you succeed because they saw their, your success as their success. I want to open to Philippians. Paul wrote in Philippians 3.1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, it is no trouble for me. And it says in the NLT, I never get tired of telling you these same things over and over again. And I do it to safeguard your faith. So Paul's saying here, I never get tired of telling you the same thing over and over again. I never get tired of reciting this truth for you. I never get tired of telling you your identity and speaking the same truth over and over to you again because, Paul says, it's a safeguard for your faith. Beloved, this is how Jesus desires for you to see him. He is with you through the easy times and in the hard times. The awesome news is that when we fail to grasp something or we fall short in emulating his character, he is infinitely patient with you and me. Cheering for us to get back up. To try again. To never give up. To keep at it no matter what. His ways of dealing with us are so tender because he remembers how we are formed. Remember this. What alarms us about ourselves or whatever character flaw we may think that we have or whatever, it does not concern God one bit. Why? Why does it not concern him? Because he sees you 
perfected. He sees you succeeding in his plan that he has for your life. I want you to think about this. When you have something important, just remember this. When you have something important to impart to someone, you spend an exceptional amount of time creating a space where someone can learn, make mistakes, and get back up and try it again. And I want to let you know that God has created a place for us to run free in. And that is the fields of his grace. Jesus, the great teacher, is so eager to see you excel in the things of God. He is the great teacher. He simply keeps by your side, ever encouraging you, ever building you up, ever speaking into your heart the vision he has for your life. And get, and get this, he never grows quiet. He is always cheering you on. Even now as you sit there, he's speaking to you. Forget the mistakes from the past. Forget the mistakes from last night. Forget the mistakes from last week. I am your salvation. I am your salvation. Revelation 3.20. Revelation 3.20. I stand at the door and I knock. Jesus is simply knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Answer this question for me. Does the scripture say, open the door right now or I'm going to knock it down? No, absolutely not. Does it say, if you're not going to open the door, I'm going to break it down and I'm going to barge in? Absolutely not. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is just knocking in hopes we will let him in into every single area of our house and every single room of our house. You see, because he came in the front door. I love knocking. <laughs> he came in the front door. Let him in every room. Let him in every corner. There is nothing hidden, Lord Jesus. Everything in my heart, everything in my house is yours. Amen? For all those, God says, who don't receive my word, who don't receive me as their Savior, who don't receive me as King, who don't receive me as Lord, will not understand the secrets of the kingdom. Because everything I say will be in parables. Mark 4.11 it is only head knowledge to them. Emma talked about this today. Never allowing my words to reach deep within their hearts where it was intended to be planted. What I say will seem like foolishness to them, but to you, to those who accept me, to those who receive my word, it is light 
and life to your whole being. For you who inquire, who search, who love, and search me with all their heart, I will teach the secrets of the kingdom. I will reveal every single thing to you. Because why? We have the Holy Spirit living in us. Praise you, Lord. John 14, 23. Whoever loves me and keeps my word, my Father will love him, and we will come to him. Say he has come to me. And he will make his lodging with me. He makes his lodging with me. Amen. Mark 4.20. Praise you, Lord. Like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and put it into practice and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Jesus, in his parables, spoke of soil and seed. In Revelation to you and me, he speaks of word and heart. The seed and the soil, the word and the heart, this is the kingdom. Seed intended for the soil, the word intended for the heart. Receive it into your soil, a.k.a. agree with God on everything. Agree with God. If you're dealing with an issue, nothing that a little seed planted can't fix. Because if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will be able to throw mountains into the heart of the sea. The word planted in your heart, when humbly accepted, has the power to uproot every single mental torment in your life. The word planted on the inside of you is the incorruptible seed. It is your provision it is your promised land. It is your heaven here on earth. The imperishable is yours. The life-giving word is yours. Amen. I receive that, Lord. I want to take a moment and think. I want you to picture a gardener. God, you, God uses uh, those parables to describe himself as a gardener. Okay, picture a gardener with his plants. Is the gardener going to be rough, or is the gardener going to be attentive with the plants? Is the gardener going to yell at the plants, hurry up? Or is the gardener going to be long-suffering, patient with the growing process, while tending to the plant and soil? I want to turn to Proverbs 4:23. Proverbs 
Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. When we worship, you are doing an amazing thing because not only are you giving God glory, but you're also providing God's soil for him to work with. The more soil that you provide, the more of his word he will plant in you. And the more fruit you will produce, the greater insight he will give you. You are opening yourself up to the might and power of God's provision when you worship. When you meditate upon the word, you are providing God soil. You've got to guard your garden. You've got to work the soil. Meditate upon the word. Work the word. Work that seed deep into your heart. And we do this through meditation of the word and through praise. Jesus said, Seek first what? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Christ gave the antidote to the problems of life. A word-centered life. Do not be troubled if you're experiencing an issue in life. Let go of the introspection. Stop constantly analyzing yourself. Fretting about that lower nature that you've already been redeemed from. Okay? You have been fathered from above. God has offered the antidote. Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. His word is whatever you need it to be. It is whatever you need it to be. If you need peace, as the song says, he is. I was so excited when William texted that today, or yesterday, about doing that song. If you need wisdom, he is. If you need understanding, he is. If you need restoration, he is. If you need deliverance from lust, he is. If you need deliverance, he is. If you need healing, he is. If you need peace in your family, I want you to shout it out. If you need peace in your family, if you need peace in your family, amen. The word will be for you whatever you need it to be in order to accomplish God's vision that he's placed upon your life. The deeper the word is planted, the more eager God is to confirm his word through signs that accompany them that believe. These signs will accompany. These signs will accompany, the scripture says. These signs will accompany those who believe. Say, I believe. Those whose roots grow deep. These signs will accompany. 
God is with you. God is with you, ready to perform his word. He's ready. He sees you operating under the lordship of Jesus Christ, where he is ready to accompany you with signs and wonders, miracles, breakthroughs. He has enlisted you into his army, his army of righteousness. Like a gardener who grabs a handful of seed and he's before soil and he scatters that seed. He releases us into the world, into very specific places. Do not mistake that word for scattered to mean that it's random. It is very specific. Where you are today, make no mistake, if you've truly sought God's will, where you are today in your life is absolutely no mistake. God has you there for a reason. John 15, 16. John 15, 16. You did not choose me. I chose you. He says, I chose you. And what does he go on to say? I appointed you. I appointed you so that you might go bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I've appointed you. Allow God to reach down, to pick you up, and to launch you into what exactly he has for you to do. No excuses. The scripture says, I have appointed you. If you think about coordinates, you know, we use Apple Maps and we use Google Maps and all these things to pinpoint exact time, and it even estimates when we'll arrive there. Think of coordinates. Coordinates is defined as bringing the different elements of a complex activity into a relationship that will ensure efficiency or harmony. I'll read that again. The coordinates are described as bringing the different elements of a complex activity into a relationship that will ensure efficiency or harmony. Only the grand weaver, God, can do this in your life bringing all of these complex things into harmony in your life. Placing you in a very specific place, time, for his perfect plan. Have you ever been in a situation where you were blessed by something so much that you thought to yourself, this was absolutely not from my hands. This was absolutely not of my doing. This was from God Almighty. <laughs> that is how God wants you to live in every area of your life. 
awe-inspired, aware of his goodness, his guiding hand. You don't have to wait for those moments. He's, he brought you here today, praise Jesus. He brought you here safely, and he's going to lead you home safely, praise Jesus. God desires for you to be deeply aware of his patience for you. Stop being hard on yourself. He wants you to fall back on him. He wants you to step in to his grand, perfect plan. His grand, perfect plan. Praise you, Lord. Going back to the seed and the soil. What is the word? What is the word? Seed. Okay. What is the word? It's Jesus. What is the word? It's God's love letter to you. What is the word? It is God's, get this, it is God's very heart. It is God's very heart for you and for the person that you're sitting next to right now. So you have the heart of God beating on the inside of your heart. You have the, the heart of God. You have his passions deposited on the inside of you. You have his vision. You have the blueprints. You have everything that is Jesus inside of you. So guard your heart, the scripture says. So how do we guard our hearts very simply by falling in love with Jesus by falling in love deeply in love with who he is not what he does for us but who he is Christ has appointed you say Christ has appointed me and the Holy Spirit will accompany me. These signs shall accompany those who believe, the Scripture says. I say, believe. I believe. Say this. I believe. I am an ambassador for Christ. I believe that I carry the ministry of reconciliation. I believe that God has gifted me, equipped me, empowered me to share the good news of the Lord's favor. Praise you, Lord. I have the heart of God living on the inside of me. I, like seed, and being scattered throughout the world. I am appointed, I am planted in a very specific place. It's not by chance, it's by divine appointment. I will not uproot myself until I am told to go to another place. 
I will remain faithful where I am planted. Except where Jesus has planted you. Recognize it as a divine appointment. Resolve in your heart that you will not turn to the left or the right, but you will keep your eyes on the Lord always. He will tell me to, when to cross the waters. He will tell me when to go to this place or that. I don't need to wonder. I don't need to question. I just need to listen and obey. Wherever Jesus has me, I will give 100% of myself to him in worship. Wherever Jesus has us, we will give 100% of ourselves to him in worship and reverence. Amen, church? We will pour ourselves out as Jesus poured himself out for us. He gave us his all. So we will give him our all. Proverbs 418. The way of the righteous ones is like the shining light and the light progresses until the day is established the amplified but the path of the just righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day we praise you lord as our callings and what you have for us to walk in, Lord, becomes clearer and clearer, our walk with you will become brighter and brighter. The closer we walk with Jesus, the more we will look like him, the brighter our paths will shine. Because our paths will reflect the light of Christ. All we have to do, beloved, all we have to do is draw near to him intimately in our prayer closets, meeting with him, spending time with him. And that's what we want, Lord. We want more time with you. We want to spend more time with you. We draw near to you, Lord Jesus. We draw near to you. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise and honor. We thank you, Lord, for what you have deposited on the inside of us. And in closing, we cry out to you, Lord Jesus. We are in love with you. Because you tell us that you are everything, Lord. You are everything that we need. You have solved 
every issue, every problem, and we rest assured in the finished work. We rest assured in your loving arms. And as we go out into the world, Lord, make us to be burning for you. Make us to be your representatives, your ambassadors. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you for using us, for making us your tools, for making us tools in your kingdom, instruments, mighty instruments. We praise you, Jesus. At this time, I'd like to take communion. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Above everything else you thought of us, Lord. Above everything in the world you thought of each and every one of us. When you were on the cross, you thought of me. You thought of Patty. You thought of William. You thought of Ken. You thought of Madison. You thought of April. You thought of Tom. You thought of Sharon. You thought of every single person in here. We were on your heart. And you went to the cross so that everything that came against us would be placed upon you. Every onslaught of the enemy got reversed and placed upon your shoulders. We stand free We stand accepted because of what you did, Lord Jesus. And we give you praise for that, Lord. We give you praise for that. And as we receive this, help us to have a deeper awareness and understanding of what it is that you did for us personally. I pray that the love of God would reach deeper into the hearts here today, deeper to new levels, because your love has no limit. Your love has no limit. It goes on forever and ever and ever and ever, forever. And we thank you, Lord, that there is nothing in this world that can be thrown at us that will knock us down because we are sure and we are confident in the foundation who is Jesus Christ himself. Everything that we have, everything that we are is built upon the sure foundation. Amen, church? The sure foundation. So we receive the body. We receive the blood. And we walk 
in the life of Christ. We walk in the beauty of Christ. We walk in the might and power of Christ. For he has anointed us to preach the gospel. He has anointed us to go out and share who Jesus is. There is nothing holding us back from that. Nothing. So we go forth boldly, empowered by the love that you've given us, Lord. And we receive the body with a thankful heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise you, Jesus. And we receive the blood. Washes us completely clean. Say this. I am white as snow. Righteous and redeemed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Let's just give a round of applause to our God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for redeeming us, Lord. Thank you for setting us free and helping us to walk in your freedom, your righteousness. In Jesus' name. At this time, I'd like to take an offering. Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Everyone who has the impulse in his heart, let him give his offering to the Lord. So that is what we're going to do today. We're going to give you, Lord, the tithe, the offering, and we believe, Lord Jesus. We want to go above and beyond that. We want to give more into your kingdom, into the work that you're doing. And we just join together as one body, Jesus being the head, Jesus calling the shots, Jesus determining where the money goes, Jesus telling us what to do with it. And that is our heart, Lord, to do exactly what it is you want us to do. So I pray, Heavenly Father, that every heart open today would hear from you exactly what it is you want them to do. And I believe, Lord, that everyone here is willing, eager to give into the kingdom, eager to see you run with the money, to see you run and do mighty works with the money, Lord Jesus. And we give you praise and we give you honor because our money in your hands, Lord Jesus, is far blessed. It's so blessed. It's perfected. Our money in your hands, Lord Jesus. And we just give you praise and honor for that. We just praise you, Lord, for the opportunity to give. We don't take this for granted. It is a gift to give. I said it's a gift to give. It's a privilege to give. And it's an honor, Lord, to give. And all God's people said...
Amen. Mike's on. Try it again. I was asked that uh, if I would do something this morning. 